right, and we're back. Welcome to another episode of the Good Newscast. As always, Colin Coates here with you and Jeff Hatton, uh, coming loud and clear from good old Waco, Texas. Um, today we're finishing up our series on the invisible realm and specifically angels and demons, and we're going to kind of just bring it all home, bring it to the ground. Um, before recording, we were just trying to think what are some of the most on-the-ground encouraging comforting, helpful um, things about knowing everything we've been talking about. Why does it matter to know about the invisible realm? Why does it matter to know about angels and demons in particular? Um, Does it have any effect or shaping influence on your random mundane Tuesday? So uh, we jotted down notes, probably three big things, but to, to, before I throw it to Jeff, um, here, here's the thing about angels, demons, the invisible realm. A lot of times I think we think it's it's these out there, weird, wacky things. Yeah. And it's totally, we think, naturally, I think a, a lot of our impulse is to think it's totally detached from and disconnected from ordinary, normal Christianity. What I mean is um, what we preach and teach week in and week out here at Redeemer in Waco we naturally think if we're going to talk about angels, demons in the invisible realm, and and particularly its practical connection to our lives, we have to totally switch gears and start talking about something new. Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, talking with someone recently, and we were talking about just some of the evident darkness in our culture and things like that. And we were kind of talking about who's maybe taking a stand against some of this darkness and who's not. And one of the first thoughts that came to my mind was, um, was, you know, every gospel preaching, Bible preaching church that meets every Sunday and preaches the gospel and preaches the Bible is constantly, um, you know, a common phrase now is pushing back against darkness, you know? Um, so again, and what I'm saying there is it's there, these things are, are much more connected than we realize yeah. is my point. Um, what, what gospel believing gospel preaching churches are preaching, teaching week in week out already, whether you know it or not, has everything to do with some of these practical realities of why does it matter to know about the invisible realm, angels, demons. So, uh, we jotted down, I jotted down three notes. Yeah. I'll throw it to you. Yeah. Let's go. Which one do you want to start? First with? one we were talking about was just knowing that this is our world. Yeah. Why is it helpful to understand the invisible realm uh, and the implications there at a big picture level. Yeah. So this is our world. This is, this is a great point knowing that the invisible and the visible is part of God's creation. The beings in each of these realms are part of God's creation. Recognizing that this is our world uh, actually keeps us in reality and uh, comforts us and allows us to, actually stand firm possibly in places and areas that uh you normally would freak out Mm -hmm. it's almost like if you don't know that this is your world you will live less in faith and less in reality and less in uncertainty and more in uncertainty and more in fear so for instance if you already know that god made this world like this and that What's crazy is that at the end, it'll all be seen. So the invisible and the visible will unite into one larger reality called the new heavens and the new earth. So you look at the book of Revelation, you see that we're all going to be together. 
the invisible will then be seen, these two worlds, these two parts of creation unite into the kingdom of God, and so that's where everything's heading. So that's good. It's good to know. So now those two realms exist, and there looks like there's some interplay that goes on between those these two realms, particularly from the invisible into the visible. Um, so that's where we would start. We'd say, hey, um, this is your world. Uh, things happen. Um, and when things do happen, you can say, yeah, that might be just kind of a weird thing. You know, everybody's now talking about it's all over the news. Why is the government now not hiding it? You know, that kind of stuff. And you could just say, this is our world. Of course, it probably is other beings messing around in this world's realm. Uh, we talked about in the past, too, that uh, there's this dynamic of uh, intrusive outside-in thoughts, unwanted intrusive thoughts, thinking. Of course, uh, that can be attributed to brokenness in our brains and brokenness in our bodies. So uh, hallucinations, of course. Uh, but it also could be this is our world. It also could be um, uh, evil beings that are doing part of their part. And it, again, you look at different religions of the world, it's kind of interesting that they all seem to have conversation with some being that was an angel and gave them uh, important knowledge that then, like, is still thriving today in major religions. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what makes sense. We've talked about, too, that, you know, we used to treat metaphorically or, I mean, as, as much as like a couple of weeks ago, Paul saying, even if an angel in heaven comes and preaches to you a gospel that's not this gospel, let them be accursed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could tend to think that's highly metaphorical, or maybe that was actually like, yeah, this is our world. Mm -hmm. um, you watch some of the uh, documentaries of people that have said those kind of things, and you would say, okay, yeah, this is our world. Um, so that's the first thing. This is our world. Uh, when you were talking at the beginning, it was so good because we were we're pushing in how the gospel is actually so central to even what we're talking about. Because if the gospel's not, then we go to like Ephesians 6, and this whole armor of God is actually putting on aspects of the gospel, different ways to uh, protect yourself, to uh, live in the reality of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so that that tells us right away in the most like outrageous, scary, maybe passage in the Bible about these this unseen world messing with us. Uh, Paul is saying, learn to become strong in the gospel. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Uh, put your cleats deep into the gospel of peace. I mean, this is all aspects of the mm -hmm. gospel. And so what that tells us right away is that um, spiritual warfare or uh, interacting and interfacing with this other realm is about faith mm -hmm. and repentance mm -hmm. uh, more than it is figuring out territorial demons or the name of a demon and directly confronting them and naming them. How to do an exorcism. Yeah, or how to do an exorcism. That the actual boots on the ground interplay of knowing about this invisible realm right now before before the consummation before the new heavens and the new earth is standing firm mm -hmm. it's 
be a repenter all the days of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn to build your messy life around and your relationships and your church and your ministry, everything around Jesus and his salvation, the helmet, the breastplate, the uh, belt of truth. That dynamic seems to be incredibly practical, mm-hmm. incredibly helpful. Because what would the other side be? I mean, the other side is if if we're to be arming ourselves and becoming strong in the gospel, what then is the strategy, the number one strategy, the number one way to be knocked off, not stand firm, would be, what's the number one tactic then? What would be the number one tactic of the dark powers in this world's realm is to give you counterfeit gospels, substitute saviors. Right. To keep pushing you in a salvation or justification or sanctification by works. Right. So, number one, this is our world. Uh, why does it matter to know about these things? It's our world. Like, I want to know more about the world in which I live. Yeah. Which, even as you're talking, and you, you mentioned something about reality. And again, it's just, I think, where we're at as Christians in this day and age is we think talking about some of these weird and wacky things detaches us from reality. But it's the exact opposite. The Bible is saying, no, no, no. When the Bible is trying to teach you about the invisible realm, it's trying to help you understand reality more fully, uh, the reality in which you live. Um, And it can explain things on the dark side. Uh, I've got these voices in my head that are, you know, telling me to do really bad things. Um, Our culture today says, oh, that can be fixed by medicine if we just intervene quickly enough. It's like, well, I don't know that demons care about the medicine that this person is taking, right? It could be fixed by medicine, and it also may not be touched by medicine because of the world in which we live. Um, and and what you said, I'm, I want to make sure we hit some of these things that I, I jotted down before we were recording, that um, even some of the wacky, mysterious things that we hear about in culture that hit the news where we go, oh, that, that can surely be explained in a human way. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not, uh, because this is our world. Um, some of the mysterious rescues, we've talked about this, that that you've got a friend or you yourself, like I was in a car wreck and then this person pulled me out and then they just disappeared. And we just go, I must say, you know, what is that? You know, it's like, well, the Bible makes it pretty clear what that more than likely was, you know, it was, it was the squadron showing up to help you out. And then, so number one, this is our world. Number two, stand firm, which you already uh, hit on. I think what's so helpful is that we think talking about this world, we have to totally switch gears, you know, and start talking about new things, no, if you, if your church, let's say is preaching faith and repentance week in, week out, they're preaching the gospel. They're calling you to understand your sin and unworthiness and to turn to Jesus for salvation. That is the core of the fight. Yeah. In Ephesians, when Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these invisible realities and powers. And then he talks about all that armor, as you already mentioned, it's all gospel oriented stuff. The helmet of salvation the shield of faith where you've got these flaming arrows. Okay. Well, what is the shield protecting me from? If I'm to believe in the gospel, I can assume rightly that it's going to be the accuser of the brethren, of the brethren, right? Uh, these accusations, these false gospels, um, there's no way Jesus alone can save you. You know, there's no way, um, there's no, it's gotta be, you know, I'm fine with Jesus, but it's probably Jesus and a little bit of you, you know? Um, I was thinking of, I can't remember his name. You might remember uh, like Donald Barnhouse or something like that. Yes. Is that what it is, Barnhouse? Yes. Yeah, 10th Presbyterian. Fascinating to think about that last name. 
Yeah. I love thinking about like where names came from back in the day, you know? <laughs> right. They're like, hey, Donald, you know? They're like, hey, this guy Tom lit. Where does he live? Lives in that house, looks like a barn. Oh, like you're talking about Tom Barnhouse? Yeah. Anyways, um, where he talks about, you know, Satan, I think like if, if Satan had his way in a city or town, yeah, what would it look like? We think, oh, it'd look like bars and strip clubs and you know, right. Satan worship, worshiping temples. Yeah. He goes, no, 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 no. It would look like this super moral, clean, perfect town with a big old church and everyone goes to church on Sunday. Nobody spits on the sidewalk, he said. It's yeah. perfect. It's awesome. But the one, the one thing is, it's all of that and it just doesn't have Jesus. Yeah. Just as long as you don't mention or talk about Jesus. And I could even add, you know what? It's this, again, if I'm if I'm thinking, how does Satan and his squadron want to come against? Maybe they go, no, it's fine to talk about Jesus. Just don't talk about Jesus alone, grace yeah. alone. Yeah. Sure, you and Jesus can team up to save yourself. So how? Why is this practical? What are some practical understandings of like how do I how do I fight? How do I wrestle? I gotta learn how to do an exorcism. No, you do what we've been doing: repent and believe. Repent and believe. Yeah. The devil wants to come against and say, be as religious as you want, just don't be a Christian. Um, be as religious as you want and make sure that you're a part of your salvation. Jesus isn't enough. God's grace isn't enough. His forgiveness isn't enough. In other words, he's doing what he's been doing since Adam and Eve, which is lying about God. Adam, Eve, God is holding out on you. He's withholding from you. Hey, Christian, God is withholding some grace from you. He could save you by himself, but he's just not going to. Um, so what do we do in that situation? As the new Testament says again and again, stand firm in the grace of God, stand firm once again. No, no, no. I am a sinner. I do need to repent. Uh, dark, the dark forces of evil want you to think you don't need to repent because you're okay. Yeah. No, I'm not okay. I need to repent. I have plenty to repent of, um, and believe if I need to repent and I'm not okay, that means I've got to have someone outside of myself to believe in. Yeah. As opposed to, I don't need to repent, and therefore I'm believing in myself. There's two options. Um, so anyway, all of this pushes us right into, I think this is so key, right into, at least here at Redeemer, what we talk about every week and what our services orient around, which is Jesus lived, died, and rose to save you completely and fully, set your hope fully on the grace of God that's come to you, that you have, that is coming to you. Um, that's how we fight. That's how we stand firm. Um, third thing. So number one, this is our world. It's helpful to know and all the implications that stand firm. Um, and then the comfort, uh, uh, what are, what comes to your mind? Um, when you think, uh, what's the comfort yeah. that we get from knowing all these things? There's that passage in Corinthians where it talks about God being the God of all comfort. And even if it just said the God of comfort, I just love that all comfort, all comfort. So it absolute, this is who he is. So it absolutely makes sense that he would give us comfortable beings, beings to comfort us, mm -hmm. beings to help us. Um, so that is comforting. That is securing that, that helps us stand firm. You have a squadron, mm -hmm. um, and that God is that attentive to our needs and to our comfort. Um, and then I think of the Heidelberg, this is your only comfort in life and death that you belong to Jesus. Uh, and I think that again, this all goes together. So, 
God uh, wants you and me to know him, know his son, know the grace of God, uh, to learn to build our messy lives around Jesus, that he wants us to know this. He wants us to find the gospel. He's not trying to hide behind door number one, door number two, and he's not trying to make it incredibly difficult for us to grow in knowing Jesus and knowing him. Uh, So this is comforting. And so again, the comfort is, it's almost like the comfort helps you identify part of the strategies or even part of the ways that, um, that the dark powers might be uh, throwing flaming, launching flaming arrows at you and that some of them actually start sticking, right? Is that you uh, are not comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you feel this uh, vague uh, sense of shame and this vague sense of guilt and there's just not any intelligent thing to it. There's no specificity to it. Um, That's how uh, abusive... Uh, father's work and the demonic, the dark powers would be like that. God's not like that. He's a com- He's comforting. He's the God of all comfort. So when he's working to uh, help you see intelligent repentance, intelligent things about yourself, it's clear mm-hmm. uh, to help you to trust Jesus and to see the grace of God address those areas. So I just think this word comfortable even helps us realize that um, faith, repentance is the realm of comfort. Faith and repentance is the realm of genuine power and light and love and encouragement um, and community uh, and mission uh, and enlivening uh, divine energies. Whereas uh, the flaming arrows and the dark powers would be the realm of accusation and condemnation and vagary and just real uncertainty and this deep sense of shame, all that would be not a comfortable world. So even there, God of all comfort helps you practically recognize that um, not being comfortable is probably 99.9% maybe something's going on mm-hmm. from the dark realm, from the dark powers in your life. This is helpful too, to think if you look into all things invisible realm and especially angels and demons, and you end with, um, I'm unsettled, I'm nervous, I'm kind of scared. I, I don't, you know, um, I'm confused, whatever it might be. But, but particularly if you land with unsettled, scared, a little bit of a f- afraid now that I've learned all these things, something huge is missing. Yeah. There's something in the Bible about this reality that you have missed or overlooked or, or that has not landed appropriately uh, because the Bible is constantly moving towards our comfort and our courage and putting courage in us, putting comfort in us, taking away our fear. So again, this is helpful because, again, naturally we think, if I think about the invisible realm, I'm detaching from reality and I'm moving into a scary place. Really, the Bible is teaching us about all these things to help us understand reality better and ultimately to comfort us, you know? And again, which going back, we've mentioned this, I mean, I, I... now I realize why Paul says things like even angels can't separate you from God's love. Because it does make sense that we would go, can these wild creatures take me away from Jesus? You know, now that I really understand them and believe in them. And 
And that's why Paul goes, no, they can't, you know, um, nothing can separate you from, from the love of God in Christ. Uh, so nothing in the invisible realm, nothing in the visible realm can separate you from the love of God in Christ. He wins the, all darkness is on a short leash, um, that he and his wisdom and understanding and his ways that are higher than our ways is using them ultimately for his purposes, you know, um, and the war has been won. There's battles still raging. It's all going to get wrapped up very soon. Yeah. Um, for us who believe and we, we end up in glory in the presence of these angels. See, you know, I think of John in revelation, seeing things that we don't see right now, Yeah. you know, and now we're going to see it and these worlds are going to collide if you will. Yeah. Um, so anyway, hopefully all this is, is helpful, encouraging and comforting. And if it's not reach out to us, especially if you're a member here at Redeemer, go to Redeemer, reach out to us. We'd love to talk about it more. Um, but keep pressing further. If you're landing unsettled and afraid, go back into the scriptures, keep going, keep going, uh, because it all lands in a very comforting place of God's love and his care, and his protection. So hopefully this whole series was helpful. What are we doing next week? Don't know. We'll figure it out.